Welcome to the Amputee Show. I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and joining me today is one of Canada's leading and most celebrated fashion designer and the pioneer of adaptive clothing founder and head designer, Izzy Camilleri. Izzy has received awards such as the CAFA's Women Designer of the Year Award, and her adaptive clothing line has been featured in the Royal Ontario Museum. Welcome to the show, Izzy, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Can you tell our listeners a little about you and your career before venturing into inclusive and adaptive clothing? Sure. So I started quite young. Um, My mom taught me how to sew when I was uh, a little girl and um, it became a hobby and I used to make clothes for my dolls and for my friends. And I also did clothes for our high school play. And then uh, I went to uh, fashion college. I went to Sheridan College in Oakville, Ontario. And right after school, I got a job working for a woman who had a very small business out of her home. And uh, and she was creating samples and things like that for from for companies um, that needed uh, this type of sampling done. And and then I um, I started freelancing and I got so busy that I had to leave that job. Um, and I was only there for a year. And so I, at 19, I started my own business and, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about the fashion industry. I didn't know anything about running a business, but I just did. Uh, I just kind of made it up as I went along and, um, made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but I persevered. And um, I started making a really strong name for myself because the work I was doing was quite high end and quite, um, you know, nice on the eyes and, you know, very sexy, but not like, but more like sexy and sophisticated. And um, magazines started using my stuff to, you know, use in photo shoots. Um, I started getting like celebrities wearing my stuff and, um, so my name started growing and and becoming um, quite strong in the fashion world. Although being Canadian, Canada is not really well known for its fashion designers and, and just artists in general. Most people end up having to leave our country, unfortunately, for them to become, you know, very successful. And then all the Canadians are so proud because they're Canadian. But, you know, we don't really support them when they're here unfortunately. Um, but anyway, um, so there was a lot of highs and lows, a lot of, you know, um, dealing with, with recessions and things like that, that made it really hard to keep my company going. And so what I ended up sort of stumbling onto was the film world. And I started doing a lot of, um, custom wardrobes for films that were being shot in Toronto. And so that became a real lifesaver. And, um, but then there was things like SARS that came in and just a lot of craziness, but I I persevered. And in 2005, I was contacted by a woman who was a wheelchair user and she was looking for some custom work and she was quadriplegic, meaning she was paralyzed from her neck down from an unfortunate shooting that she was, um, the victim of. And, um, So I started doing work for her and it was through this new uh, customer and uh, relationship that I started 
understanding that she had a lot of issues with clothing. And I just was not aware that people that use a wheelchair had different clothing needs than myself. Because every time you see someone that uses a wheelchair, they're dressed. But what you don't realize is what it actually took to get dressed and how limited their options are. So through working with her, my eyes were kind of open to all of this. And then, you know, after the first piece, I made another piece and then another piece. And so the more time I spent with her, the more I learned, more questions I asked. And um, I realized that there was this huge void for people like her. There was a lot out there for the elderly and for people living in long-term care facilities, but not there was really nothing for like a younger demographic, you know, people that are working still and people that are, are going to school and people, you know, you want to, you want to dress well, you want to dress like your peers. Um, you don't want to spend your day in track pants, you know, unless that's what you want to do, that's fine. But if you have no choice and you're kind of forced into that every single day, it makes life depressing as well. And you, you also lose mm -hmm. your identity so anyway, I'm probably rambling on here, but that's how I got into um, the adaptive clothing. Certainly want to explore that with you a little bit more, but I was sort of backtracking when you said you started at 19, so that, that's very young, and then you got into the fashion industry with celebrities wearing your clothes. You dress some of the biggest names in Hollywood and, and the fashion industry. Can you tell us some of those names maybe? I think I read this somewhere that you worked on the, uh, the Devil Wears Prada set i it's one of well, my favorite movies no i didn't okay, i i, maybe explore I didn't work on the set but um uh at the time i had a i had a new york rep and um so my clothes were there my line was there and the people that were uh searching for the wardrobe for the film um saw some of my pieces and pulled it for fittings and stuff like that for Meryl Streep and for a couple of other people on the show or in the movie. And um, so Meryl Streep ended up wearing one of my fur coats uh, in a very iconic um, part of the movie. Um, it, it's the part where she has that coat montage where she throws all the coats. So she actually enters that scene in my coat so she walks through the doors and um, throws, you know, takes her coat off and throws it on the desk or the counter. And then after that is when all the other coats come. So my coat is the one that starts the scene. And, and then also the, that photograph of her um, just entering the office in the coat became one of the PR images that they used for the film. So... Um, that shot of her in the coat ended up being in a lot of uh, media coverage, which was which was really awesome. Talking about working with, um, I, you know, iconic people, you also designed the metallic leather wardrobe uh, worn by Canadian legend, of course, Gord Downey in the 2016 uh, Man Machine Poem Tour. Can you share the process of coming up with that and coming up with such, a, such an iconic outfit for an iconic man? like Gordani, what was, what was it like working with him? I guess also at, at the same time. Well, he was awesome. And, um, I kind of, I, and, and probably to this day, he was probably my favorite client and we actually became very good friends 
Um, but, but we became friends before the man machine poem tour, but not too long before. Cause I, I, did, I met him in 2014, late in 2014, he was getting ready to go on tour for, uh, the tour before the fully, or sorry, the man machine poem tour. It was called fully and completely. And he had, he was looking for something in particular that he wanted to wear and he couldn't really find what he was imagining in his head, but he, um, he had seen some, I think he, you know, he was doing some Google searches to kind of find what he was looking for. And he, he did actually find something from this Japanese designer and he, he had created this little file of runway images, um, and he, so he started asking people, you know, that he knew, uh, well, what he was looking for. And then someone suggested to him, why don't you get it made? And then through, um, we, you know, we didn't know at the time, but we had a lot of mutual friends and somebody who works in his management office said, uh, I think you should call Izzy Camilleri like she could make that for you because the piece he was looking for was in black leather. So um, I was contacted and I said, yeah, sure, I can do that for you. So we met and um, he told me what he was looking for. And, you know, I said, yeah, sure, I can do that for you. And and uh, so we just started the process and um we just became friends during the whole process of making this black outfit. But then we ended up making a brown one and a white one and all in leather. And then we made a pinstripe one in, in cloth. And um, so we kind of worked together throughout the whole tour because he was, they would, they would be on tour and then they would come back to the city for a few weeks and then go out again and then come back. So Every time he came back, we would work on another color. And, um, and then when the Fully and Completely tour ended, he, the band itself had plans for the following year, which was for the Man Machine Poem Tour. And he actually brought up Metallic himself at the tail end of the Fully and Completely tour, thinking ahead, just saying, hey, I've got another tour coming up. I, I've been thinking about metallic, you know, what do you think about that? And I'm like, wow, okay, that's crazy, but that sounds awesome. And originally I was kind of thinking, and I think he was also thinking originally of like, uh, kind of like, um, earth tones, like copper and brass and gunmetal and even silver. So I, um, I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. And so I, I did, you know, just some Google searches and I pulled some images and sent them to him and said, you know, is this, is this what you're thinking? And, and I was just pulling like pants that were metallic menswear from like runway, you know, uh, high-end collections. And he, you know, he agreed like, yeah, that that's exactly what I'm thinking. So, um, that was at the end of September in 2015. And then um, around October, November is when he found out that he had a tumor. 
and he um he actually i i i knew about it very early on uh because he told me that he had a tumor that that he actually had a seizure and then through the from the seizure they found out the seizure was caused by a tumor and um so he told me about it but at the time he didn't know um what it was specifically or that it was you know life-threatening and so then then everything kind of went silent and uh once he kind of got the news and, and had to deal with a lot of personal things himself then then when they did decide in the new year that they were going to go on tour so long as his health um was okay we started with gold and silver and um was you know we started that conversation and then out of the blue he sent me a text that said hot pink and yeah exactly that's kind of that was my reaction um because i was i was really you know like wow that's insane eccentric and, man uh, <laughs> yeah yeah and um but you know the more i thought about it i like it took me about an hour maybe to really like understand it and think oh my god that will be incredible and um so so the original thought and and actually we the style of what he wore was taken from the work we had done previously so what i made for him for the fully and completely tour was already established in terms of the pattern and the fit and everything like that and um you know given that he was in this new circumstance for himself coming up with something new and original was going to be too much so he was just happy to just take what we've already done and turn it into these you know popping metallic suits so um originally he was going to go on tour with the three colors the gold silver and hot pink and then i was thinking to myself you know that you're like because he was also going to wear all three colors at every show so i'm not sure if you're aware but he did change three times throughout the shows and um I just thought to myself, that's going to get so tired. Like people are just going to get really tired of that. So I said, you know, why don't we introduce one more color? And he agreed. And so I, I came across this really beautiful turquoise, metallic turquoise. So he did. So the tour started with the four suits and, and he was just going to alternate the pink and the blue. And, um, and then maybe like, three four days into the tour i got another text that said prince purple and so okay so i had to search yeah it did keep growing and so i couldn't originally i couldn't find metallic purple but i found a bunch of other things so i sent him a package of swatches for him to look at um but in the meantime, I did end up finding purple. 
But from the package that I sent him, there was a green in there that he really liked. And there was this kind of mirror ball uh, leather. Um, so we ended up making three more suits, purple, green, and this metallic mirror ball that I sent. So we whipped them up really fast and sent them. I think he was in Calgary at the time. And so then he would, he had seven suits um, and, and it became quite a thing. I was following the entire tour as it was happening. And um, uh, I, I could see like in, in um, comments and things like that, people were really excited to know what he was going to start each show sure. with, what he was going to change into every time, like he went for a break. It was a bit of a mystery, you know, not knowing what he was going to come out with. And um, so it, it, you know, it, it added some, something new to his concerts and, and it, it added some excitement and, you know, for me, he became this shining light that just, you know, uh, traveled across the country and became such an inspiration for people, you know, just doing what he did, but even for people that are ill and, and, you know, knowing, you know, you, you know, just cause you're sick, you know, can still do stuff and you can still, you know, pull yourself out of, out of maybe the sadness that you're in or a depression or, you know, and, you know, he, it wasn't easy for him, you know, he's mm -hmm. a human being and, you know, he had his good days and bad days like we all do, but, right. um, you know, what a, what a inspiration. I got emotional just there thinking about, you know, we, we all grew up <laughs> listening to his music and listening to his art mm. and you know how much of an artist he is and listening to you. It, it It's almost like him being in the room also and just understanding his artistic vision and you sharing that. So thank you for that. We touched a little bit on how you got started with adaptive clothing. Can you tell us what defines for you an adaptive clothing? Or we touched on it a little bit, but I'd like you to expand on it a little bit more as to, you know, we got started with, with the lady that approached you about it. And so tell us how the, the line expanded from that and what you feel adaptive clothing should be. Well, adaptive clothing is generally clothing that is um, made in such a way uh, to make it easy for someone with a physical disability or any kind of a, a physical challenge to put on. So it's just made so that it's easy for someone to get dressed in, or if they have someone helping them get dressed, just to make that whole process easier. And I specialize in clothing as well for people that use a wheelchair. So my clothes are cut to follow the line of a seated person so that when someone is sitting, they're much more comfortable because clothing in general is designed and created for a standing frame. And when we sit down, everything kind of gets bunched up and we don't even think about it. But if we're wearing like a pair of jeans, they kind of ride down at the back. They kind of cut us into our gut and we don't even think about it. But for someone who's sitting all day long, that becomes quite problematic and very uncomfortable. And so also imagine putting on a long winter coat. When you're standing, that's no problem. But if you're paralyzed and you're sitting and you're, you are putting on a long winter coat, you, and if you're not able to stand up and tuck it underneath you, you're just gonna end up with a big puddle around your waist of the whole coat. So, um, 
uh, our clothes, I, I do make full length coats for people that are sitting and you can put them on and take them off while you're in your chair. So that's, that's what adaptive clothing is all about. Right. No, it gives a lot of uh, freedom and independence, really. Uh, just thinking about the coat, yeah, right? Very much uh, so, it's, yeah. it's not bunched up on your back or it's not pulling down your back because you've sat on it wrong and, and it's pulling down to the rest of you. And if you're going to remove your coat, you can just remove it and hand it off to someone or, or hang it up yourself instead of having to wiggle yourself out of the, out of the chair. Yeah, and, well, and, the and a lot so. of people just end up wearing a short jacket so they don't have to deal with any of the length. But the problem with that is that, especially for people that are quadriplegic, um, who are, you know, who are not really using their body to propel their chair, because usually quadriplegic, well, on the most part, quadriplegics use a power chair. So um, if you're out in the cold, the rain, the snow, all of that is dropping on your lap, you know, and you get wet and when you even get inside, it can take hours for your body to warm up again, because again, you're not using, you know, you're not moving around. So, um, so people just end up freezing, mm -hmm. um, because their laps aren't covered. If they're just, if they're trying to buy a jacket off the rack, their only option is a, is a short jacket. Right. So, we, uh, you know, or they can wear a blanket and, you know, they can start doing other things, but it just starts getting very cumbersome as well. But the, at the same time, also, you just risk of getting your blanket rolled into a chair, uh, the wheels, for example, on a wheelchair, right? Mm -hmm, so there's those mm -hmm, risks as well. Mm -hmm. So we touched a little bit on some of the features of a long coat, for example. What other features in adaptive clothes have you found in your collection that solves some of these problems for a person with a disability? Well, one, one, um, you know, kind of common issue uh, is people that lack dexterity. So um, we have closures such as magnets. So for people that can't do up a button, we have magnet closures. Um, we also have a pull on our zippers so that you can stick your finger and move your zipper up and down. Um, we also have uh, like a hook and bar closure with these belt loops that you're able to do and undo your the top of your pant uh, if, if doing up a button is too difficult. Um, what else? Uh, and then again, the way that the clothes are cut in general, um, it actually makes, um, makes getting dressed and, and also, and for the clothes staying where they need to stay. Because the other thing about like traditional pants is they tend to, when they ride down at the back, you know, you might constantly pull them up or have your attendant, you know, yank your pants up at the back, but they're just going to want to go back. They're just going to go back to where they need to be because that's how they were cut. So ours are cut longer at the back and they're, they're made in a way that, that they're just going to stay in place and you're just going to be more comfortable. Yeah, no, for a double amputee like myself, um, with pants, for example, especially at the beginning of my recovery, I I found myself first buying bigger waist pants than actually my size in order to fit the legs of my massive prosthesis at the time, uh, because they weren't my proper size. They're just massive yeah. uh, to begin mm -hmm. with. And so you find yourself, you know, pulling up your pants 
uh, almost every five minutes because they're bigger waist than your actual size. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. it, you know, then again, and after you've sort of healed from or recovered, then you're stuck with these pants that you can no longer wear because your legs mm-hmm. fit in normal jeans now kind of thing or normal pants. Right. So right. I think there's, you know, there's certainly something to to be said about the, those sort of adaption that, that you can do for pants. Mm-hmm. On your website are amazing stories of people finding the right fit. I love that line. Finding the right fit uh, with your clothes. Can you share some of the snippets of stories that uh, people have shared with you having worn your clothes? Probably the most impactful conversation I've had with someone was um, someone called me to tell me that she had purchased one of our denim skirts. This was a while ago. I don't have this product on the line on the, on the website right now, but she hadn't been able to wear a skirt since her injury, which, and I, which I think was probably about 20 years before that. So she hadn't been able to wear a skirt and after receiving one of our skirts, she'd worn it every day since it arrived because it made her feel human again. And like, that is probably the most powerful thing anybody has ever said to me, um, that it made her feel human again. And so she just called to thank me. And, um, you know, that was, that was, you know, to this day, nothing, nothing really tops that. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've witnessed people brought to tears with, you know, having options that they haven't had for a long time. Um, you know, a lot of gratitude, a lot of, um, excitement. So, you know, I, I, I can't think offhand about other individual stories other than, you know, these, Mm. you know, just because there's kind of like a lot of the same thing in a way, but you know, right. just a lot of gratitude, a lot of tears, tears of gratitude and uh, appreciation. And I can certainly understand that. I do wear strictly shorts 24 7, seven days a week. It just because it's easy for me to get in, get in and out of if I need to adjust my socket or if I needed to fix something with my with my prosthetic. I can just, you know, undo them without having to undo my pants, which is always, again, a challenge. But there are times when I do have to wear dress pants or jeans and not, you know, where shorts aren't acceptable. And to your point about feeling a human again, sometimes I, if I need to go to these events, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go but five minutes only because I can't really be comfortable in my clothes and then I'm going to go now. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, we go right. through this whole deal of not only looking like, well, I already have an issue with my, my body issue, but let's be honest. Some, some people have insecurities with, you know, this, their size. I'm, I have insecurities in the beginning with showing my prosthetic limbs, but because I'm choosing comfort over what I look like, I can wear short. Um, I guess my point is clothes really do change someone's feeling and their outlook and how they, you know, that affects them emotionally and, and physically, uh, emotionally and Mentally, I guess, is what I'm trying to get mm-hmm. to. to mm-hmm. And, and you certainly touch on that. Do you have a specific line for people? Or, you know, it's like, oh, I'm looking for uh, clothing for a wheelchair. So I, I go to Is. Um, I know she has some clothing for baloney empty or an above or an above elbow. Or do you have the whole span of collection for all abilities? Yeah, it is kind of like, it is kind of rolled up into one. Mm-hmm. Um like I guess the 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 wheelchair offering is is you know pretty 
self-identified because they're all being kind of shown in someone who's using a wheelchair. Um, and then the, the pieces that we have with our models that are standing, um, you know, they're, they're not specific, let's say to people that have, um, like that are amputees specifically, Mm -hmm. but it, you know, it's more about ease of dressing. So like if you if you have trouble pulling gripping and pulling your pants up we right. have pull tabs that help you pull them up and like for the women's pants for example we have like dress pants that have no fly um you can just pull them up with no button or anything like that so the 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 stuff is more about dexterity mm-hmm. than um than being specific to uh different abilities right or, okay. or or physical situations oh that's i mean that's that's good to know so is where do you get your ideas or even adaptive clothes just you know we we're kind of touched upon it earlier uh, how do you get your ideas flowing or where do you get your inspirations from um well one thing about what i do right now um is i like to keep everything at this point kind of classic and, you know, wardrobe basics that people need in their wardrobe, you can always accessorize, you can always, you know, um, turn it into whatever style you want, you know, like you can, you know, everybody wears blue jeans, everybody needs a pair of dress pants, everybody needs a coat. And so um, I try to keep it as, I don't want to say basic, but, you know, as classic at the same time, modern as possible so that it also has a larger appeal because, you know, the more kind of style and fashion I put into it, you know, the market starts to get smaller and um, your customer base begins to narrow. And Mm -hmm. because this is such a unchartered area in as a category, although it is growing now, I started this in 2009 when no one um, even heard about this type of clothing and, um, to just elaborate that a little, elaborate on that a little bit. When I first started doing this type of clothing, the fashion community, um, my colleagues, people that, you know, respected me and and my work, they actually thought I lost my mind and they literally, they, stopped inviting me to things they um didn't get it and i didn't care like i i, I could you know i i saw what was kind of happening with them and and how i was being kind of shunned because it was like all of a sudden i wasn't doing fashion anymore and and i was thinking well i am doing fashion like this is i'm still creating clothes they still look great and, and I was thinking, you know, like you guys are the movers and the shakers in this, in the fashion world, you need to be thinking out of the box. You know, you don't need to be reporting on everything that everybody else in the world is reporting on. Like, this is like a new frontier. And, and anyway, but I didn't care because I knew I was onto something important and I knew, um, I was just following my gut and, I didn't care what, what they thought. And, um, 
you know, and then five years later, I guess it was about five years, um, I had a major exhibit at the ROM of my work. And I think that was kind of the turning point when they were like, oh, okay, well, maybe we should start paying attention. And, um, and then now like major brands have entered the adaptive clothing area. And, um, so, you know, it's been, it's been quite a journey. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to mention, you know, just, just about the fashion community and how they kind of rejected me. Um, but I keep my clothes pretty basic because, because it's so hard, you know, being in this, in this new frontier, um, I need to please as many people as I can with my clothing. So I can't, I can't add a lot of style to it because it's just, we're not going to sell enough of those things. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, ultimately we want to keep the business alive, Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of plans and a lot of goals. And, you know, as we grow, we can start, you know, adding more fashion. We can start adding more pieces like for someone like you that, um, you know, we can add things to like, even like zippers at the side of the pants so that you can just unzip them to get to where you need to get to, you know, deal with the mechanics of your prosthetics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the more, the more, as time goes on and the more we grow, um, the more we can offer and do and even become more fashionable. Right. The first thing I looked for was suits. I go to, a, you know, on a couple of events every year and suits has always been challenging for me again, because I had to buy a larger pair of pants and I wanted to be fashionable with the skinny legs. And it's like, no, I just can't find pants that way that would fit me. The tops fit properly, but the bottom is never going to fit properly because I have to find these, these types mm-hmm. of pants that, you know, will not fit my prosthetic. So certainly looking forward to, to something like that, but I do love the classic designs. I like the, I love the clean lines of, of all of that. So I think it's great. And I'm certainly looking forward to, to seeing more designs. So where can people shop and how can people shop? Do you have uh, a set of the designs in in measurements already in in different sizes, or do you send a measurement in to say I'm looking for this and I'm a, ch- a chair sitter, um, or I'm a, a, a not a wheelchair a, a scooter user and and so on? Like, how does one shop online for for the clothes? Yeah, well, it's um, we don't do custom. You you can order your size. So if you're you know generally a size thirty six in a regular retail store, you're, you're probably going to be a 36 with us, um, or anything like that. So the sizes are relatable to what you're used to. Um, and so, yeah, we don't do custom. Um, it's all what's called ready to wear. The website is, is adaptive.com and, um, you order and we ship. There are some things that we actually don't stock, um, and we make it when the order comes in. So mm-hmm. those items, um, it's just a longer delivery time. Okay. Um, it can be up to four weeks before we're able to ship it, but it, you know, sometimes it, it can be shipped in a week or two. It just depends on, on what's happening in my studio mm-hmm. at the time. So, so but did, nothing is, nothing is custom. Custom. Okay. And, and, um, you, you talked about your studio. So yeah, you're located in Toronto. Your studio is located in Toronto. So all the clothes come out of Toronto and get shipped to across the globe. 
Pretty much, yep. That's awesome. That's really yeah, good. I mean, I do yeah. have outside, you know, contractors and mm-hmm. not everything is made here. Um, when we're doing a run of something, we'll, we'll get um, outside resources for that. Um, but here it's more the, the one-offs or, you know, this is where the samples happen. And um, I still continue to do some like film work or other kinds of custom work. And the odd time I will do adaptive customization for people like you know I've done wedding dresses and things like that or um you know sometimes you know there's just different situations where I do find myself saying yes to projects um but everything that's on the the website is is not custom because if I did that it I wouldn't be able to really grow you know? Right, right. So it's all ready to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, you you match your size as you would in a regular retail, and it's exact same size, yeah. except it's adapted for you, uh, for your situation. So yeah. that's that's. I think that's really great. Thanks so much for being here, and thank you for all the great info. Reminding our listeners again where they can find you on the website. The is adaptive clothing. Please tell us our yeah. website again. It's isadaptive.com. Great. Awesome. I want to thank Is Camilleri for joining me today. I'll be sharing the links on my website at www.airstyledominga.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or show ideas, please connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at The MPO Show. Until next time, I'm your host, Airstyle Domingo, and this has been The MPO Show Podcast.